Welcome to the Nest Podcast, a place where we have down-to-earth, uplifting conversations about women's health, healing, our inherent feminine wisdom, and the magic that happens when we decide to be the hero of our life and not the victim of it. Here we'll explore a wide range of topics, from holistic nutrition and metabolic health, to balancing your hormones, to mind-body medicine, and how intuition, spirituality, and consciousness are revolutionizing health and healing. In this episode, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Haley Mickelson. Dr. Haley is a clinical hypnotherapist, intuitive mentor and coach, and retired naturopathic doctor who is pioneering the connection between body and soul. Dr. Haley is also the founder of the Soul Strong Institute, teaching people about embodiment, meditation, and deep healing, all in a process designed to move you past your blocks and ignite your intuition. So sit back, open your heart and mind, and get ready for a dose of inspiration to motivate you on your healing journey. Well, let's dive in. Hi, Haley. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. Uh, I'm so, so grateful and happy that you are here. When I was thinking about when I was going through and creating like the list of podcast topics and episodes and uh, thinking about this topic in particular and thinking who I'd want to talk to, uh, it was just you. <laughs> it was That's like, I want to talk to Haley about this. And I think, you know, those listening are going to have amazing, valuable information and insight from listening to, to you share your wisdom. So, yeah. So thank you for joining us. Of course. You're welcome. So to kick things off, I was wondering if you could please just share a little bit about your story and yeah. And what you do. Yeah, for sure. I guess my story started a long time ago, you know, even being born, I would say, um, in this lifetime anyway, as just being a really sensitive little one and yeah, knowing, knowing I had this intuitive ability and sort of understanding it to an extent, uh, but not fully, you know, being taught much about it or learning a lot about it. And then in life and as a young adolescent, I went through a really severe eating disorder and went through healing, you know, went through recovery and started to understand like a little more about healing. And it's something about it just ignited this feeling that was you know, that there's more to healing and there's more to what we can offer people. And I think once you've been in some really dark spaces, you sort of have this natural compassion for people when they struggle and people struggle so much. I just went into this place in my own life where I just wanted to understand healing uh, from the deepest levels possible. So I went and I studied nutrition and psychology and then uh, naturopathic medicine. And then I ran a clinic for 10 years and saw a lot of patients and all the while I kept learning about you were in Vancouver, right? In Canada. Yep. yep. First and then moved to Kelowna and really enjoyed medicine and especially naturopathic medicine, because as you know, we get to understand the root causes, right. Instead of just the top down treatment. And I think in my mind, I felt like there was more root below the root. And I think what I kept feeling was that I wanted to understand more about intuition and more about soul because my own intuition had helped me through my own healing journey. And I sort of couldn't put that down. I continued to learn about healing, but I also kept learning, you know, intuition and then mediumship and tarot cards and long meditation retreats to understand the mind and how the mind, uh, you know, interplays with how we listen to soul and how we listen to the body to understand soul. And I just kept building this sort of side passion. And then eventually really just kept seeing that the clients that I could help with intuition literally healed the best and went the farthest in treatment protocols because they became empowered with their own knowingness. You know, we, we as doctors can't create 
one protocol and expect it to work on every human. There's so much that comes into every human's experience with healing and so much that's there underneath the surface that we don't know about, that they might not know about, that we need them to activate their own deep knowingness if we want to see them, you know, go to these amazing remissions and these amazing miracle places that people talk about. That's what we're seeing now in the documentaries is, oh, remission and these amazing cases, they all have some things in common, which now we're starting to see has to do with soul. So my own journey took me through so much learning so that I could just put it together. And I eventually retired from medicine so that I could fully teach soul, you know, without being, uh, you know, bending rules or, you know, being in the wrong boxes. I needed to let go of my practice and step into, you know, creating more for people to learn soul and to learn how the body and the soul uh, like need to be attuned, I guess you could say, um, and interplay. So started Soul Strong, the platform that you know about, and yeah, started to teach intuition and intuitive coaching and then hypnotherapy and the higher level places of soul journey and, and healing on soul level. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I can relate to so much of that. Actually, I'm curious what you think about like the wounded healer archetype. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like there's so many of us like, you know, doctors, healers, whatever you want to call us, that it's almost as if we have our own, like we have our own woundedness and it's through our effort to try to heal ourselves that it like steers our path to learn. And then like, we're always kind of just a few steps ahead, sometimes more than that, sometimes only a few steps ahead of those that we're actually reaching back and helping and sharing. Like, this is what I've learned along the way. Yeah. What do you think about that idea of like the wounded healer archetype? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like a lot of healers wouldn't want to like wouldn't really care about healing you, if it hadn't been taken. Through yeah. Some, yeah. What were you going to say? Honey? I was just sorry to interrupt you. I was going to say, we should probably first explain what that is to someone listening. Who's like, I don't, what are you talking about? <laughs> what yeah. is the archetype? Yeah. Do you want to explain it? Or do you want me to talk about it a little? Well, I'm curious because my understanding of it is that, you know, it's through our wounds that we heal and then help heal others. That's my understanding of, yeah. of it. Um, yeah. Would you yeah, that, that's like my, my synopsis. <laughs> I think my perspective on like all of it really, and even on archetypes is that, you know, everybody's so individual, we can fall into all kinds of boxes and places, but I often get people to put down all of the things that they think they are to an extent. And whether someone's been through a lot of trauma or not in this lifetime can be totally irrelevant to what their soul's desire is. And souls are here like we're here in life, in a body to experience stuff. And that's a sensory experience. That's our subjective and sensory experience of life and being here. And we're, we bring with us stuff that we, we still want to heal and that we're still working on over multiple lives. When you practice hypnotherapy for a while and you go into past lives, you start to realize souls are working on something like patience or, (laughs) you know, relationships or something multiple times over and over. And when I see that, I think, you know, it doesn't matter if someone has a lot of trauma or not, you know, if they're going to be involved in healing work and they have a passion for healing work, it, it, it's like, I think people are looking for a reason why it's okay to be a a healer or not, or whether a good healer or not a healer, good healer, but all of that needs to go because if their soul is lit up and they're questing through that and they're helping people heal and holding space well and stuff, it's wonderful. I think that the 
places we go to can be super useful, you know, when we're here to do healing work, like when we're stuck in a dark place or we're stuck in some dark learning of some kind that feels tough for us and the experience isn't necessarily positive. It can be something that we're then shining light on that we're getting as we go through it, we're learning so much that we can shine light behind us. And I've done that a lot in my journey. You know, if I've learned about eating disorders, or I've learned about something in my own story, then for sure, I'm going to shine light on everybody there because I can often see through what was missing for me and shine some light on that for them. And I think that's powerful when healers do that. But I don't think it, it necessarily, it's not a necessity. I know some healers who haven't had that much trauma and they're incredible. And I know healers who have had all the trauma and they're incredible too. So whether they feel like, you know, the woundedness is part of it or not, I think it's irrelevant really. But I do think that we all have, if healers anyway, people who are here and who are really lit up and passionate about helping others, that the darkness is okay too right? Like we don't have to be, I always tell, you know, those that I'm mentoring to become coaches and things is that you don't need to be perfect and you don't need to be healed, whatever that means to you, to be an amazing healer, to hold space for others. We just don't have to, and we don't have to be super broken either. It's like almost irrelevant. We need the skills and we need to do what, what we're lit up with. But I think for me, it's come into play in the light shining way. Um, But I think for everybody, it's, it's like a thing we could possibly put down, right? Like let it go more. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm curious. I don't know if I've ever asked you this question before, but I'm curious if there are, or if you could share like a couple of moments, or maybe you've had like several, maybe there's like one that stands out where it's kind of like your soul really got your attention or served as an awakening moment that really shaped and kind of steered your life. I know like in my own story, there's a few where it was almost like <laughs> my soul just like kind of grabbed a hold of me. It was like, hey, like do this or go here or that's the wrong way. And how that shows up. I know I've seen it in so many people, you know, through patients and, and people that I work with. They have like those sobering aha moments or these awakening moments. And I'm curious if you've had any that you'd like to share with us and and like what happened? How did your soul communicate with you? You know, because often we talk about synchronicities and like how our souls um, communicate with us. And I'm just curious. At this point I'm at now, it's very like instant. And it's, I'm so, I'm so used to trusting like my intuition and soul that I, I don't get hit maybe in the same way. Like I, I'll, I'll have information and I pretty much know it's the right path or not, or I know it's the right answer for me or not. And that takes quite a bit of time. But when people practice intuition, it's like that. I think you probably can relate to that. It's more of a, you know, yeah. So it doesn't have to kick you in the gut so hard. Like you can just, yeah. you take it in. And that being said, I've had some recently where there's instantly I'm like, Oh, and it's a huge realization. Um, once I have that though, I don't do a lot of back and forth necessarily because it's such a knowingness within my body that I'm usually like, well, it's more like the logistics and the world needs to catch up to what I'm aware of and how I'm going to process that and move forward. But before, like on the journey, for sure, I had moments where, you know, deciding between medicine, like traditional medicine and naturopathic medicine are things that took me a while. And then I would get more and more hits or synchronicities that would sort of guide me there. And it would be this slow process. And as I learned intuition and built my own trust around listening to myself, the hits became a little more like bigger to the point that I also had body stuff. When I quit practicing, I was nervous to do that. 
really had a hard time letting go of the clinic and the practice and just practicing medicine for financial reasons and fear of jumping off that cliff and all the things. And that was a body thing. My vision started to have issues with my eyes and I had an issue with one eye and couldn't see well, and things started to happen body wise. So that was a big one, right? The body says no sometimes. And the body helps us like shut us down to really start to think more, I think about what we're about to do. And anytime we have more downtime and more silence, we listen generally more and the pain comes up with that too. And the raw feelings and some of the sadness and things we can't grip to the busyness and stuff. But when I get shut down from the body, I definitely listen, you know, and I think most people can relate to that when they've been sick or they've been all of a sudden something happens body-wise, you know, that they, an outbreak of something or something, a rash or something, they start to feel like then they slow down, they, they start to listen more and they want to figure it out and they go internal. So I think soul grabs a hold, soul has grabbed a hold of me in different ways through the journey. Like now it's pretty automatic. I think I live mostly there, but before that it was a body thing and it was that synchronicity thing. And the way my mind would show me things or repeat things or the way my thoughts would go until I had a knowingness right within. So like, I know for myself, when like initially in my journey, it was, I would have like synchronicities with like 11, 11 and things like that. Like, I know we've had this discussion. We talked about it in mystics working together and stuff. And, you know, or there would be like, I would run into someone and they would happen to mention a book. And then I'd get on the subway and sit down beside someone who was reading that same book or like, you know, or there'd be a song on the radio or a line in a movie that would like stand out to me. They're like, you know, like, I feel like there's so many ways that soul can speak to us. And I still have a lot of those for sure, but I feel like more external, it was more external to begin with. And then it became more internal, right? Like I, like I would just like hear, you know, you'd have these thoughts. I call them like, you know, like, it's just like the voice would just like, you'd have that thought almost, they're almost intrusive at times. And, um, Or like you're saying, like in the body, and I'm curious, like for people who maybe don't have the body awareness or, you know, embodiment is like a big topic that so many of us in the wellness industry are talking about right now, but just this idea of like, what does it mean to feel intuition or feel, feel that soul communication in the body and how does it show up for you? Like, obviously our symptoms speaking to us, like those are messages from the body, right? Like, Mm -hmm that we're out of alignment, that, you know, something's not right, but there's other ways too. And we talk about this in our common language all the time. When we say like, I had a gut feeling mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know, goosebumps or the hair on the back of my neck stood up, or, yeah. you know, we, we talk about this all the time. Like I just knew in my gut. Yeah. So yeah. I'm yeah. curious how intuition, like how you feel it in your body. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. yeah. So a soul in general, the only way to hear soul is through the body. all all the ways. Like, I think people often think I'm going to learn intuition and soul. And I'm going to like, they think upward, they think like, I'm going to download things and open the crown chakra and feel all the things and magic is going to happen. It's actually so much less like that. And more about the body, especially at the beginning, than people know. And soul talks to us through the body in symptoms. Yes. But also in emotions and even in thoughts, right? Like to me, I know you guys know, I joke that there shouldn't be mind, body, soul. There's just body, soul and mind is part of the interface. And so are symptoms and so are other things, organ symptoms and the fat layer and everything it's interfacing when like for me, the body tells me, I feel sensations with yes, you know, in my solar plexus, I know when something's right for me, because it feels a certain way to me, it feels forward, it feels sometimes like, um, 
warm and forward moving, which is very common for a lot of people. And my no feels backwards. It feels apprehensive and usually colder, you know? So for me, the yes and no is very instant because I, I light that up every morning. I tune into it and I'm ready to listen every day. That's just what I do right every morning. Like you guys are taught that's, that's where people can start, right. Is to ask their body, show me a yes and show me a no. We're asking the body though. We're not asking the ethers, you know, like the spaces and the magic. We're asking yeah, the we're body looking inside, right? Yeah. We're looking yeah. Internal. And I talk about this a lot in the nest where I like, you know, I'm, I'm teaching the women inside there to be like, we are, we've been taught to look outside of ourselves for the answers mm-hmm. our whole lives. Yeah. Intuition is about turning the attention and focus inward. Right. Yeah, totally. And like, just like going in the body. I remember when, um, when I was working with you, um, and, and you were teaching us, uh, our yes and our no. Yeah. And like spending like a good couple of weeks, like just focusing on that in my daily meditation and, yeah. and, and to the point where now it's just, it's, it's instantaneous. Right. Cause I've practiced it so much. I just know, like, and it's funny because I think of that expression, like it's either a hell yes or a hell no. Yeah. And it, like, I can feel that sometimes it's like, you know, especially if it's something that you're really agonizing over or a decision where you have multiple variables to consider whatever it may be. Um, but there's still that, even though it may be a little bit more subtle, there's still that yes and no that we can tune into. I'm curious, um, for those listening who've maybe never tried this, could you just explain like really quickly that process of, of going in and feeling yes and no, and, and how did, how did, how they may try it today? For sure. Yeah. And there's another, there's that. And there's also looking at looking with the mind, you can use the mind in a similar way. And I can, I can quickly explain both of them. Usually we want to be able to quiet the mind. So it's nice to actually have a meditation practice and do what feels good for you to quiet the mind so that the thoughts aren't right in the way they create like a barrier to listening, right? When we're in mind voice, we need to help mind voice quiet down so we can hear the whispers of soul voice, right? So if you can quiet the mind first, that's good. Whatever way works for people. And that doesn't mean no thoughts. It means awareness of thoughts. It means quieting and slowing the mind process. And then once we have that, we can then just stand up and close your eyes and just say, body, show me my yes today. And there's a process to learn this if it doesn't, if it doesn't come like instantly without the basics, right? Where we teach that at Soul Strong, right? But if you have that, if you tuned in a little bit and you have some of this work and you can meditate for a minute or two and then stand up or even just sitting up to say, body, show me my yesterday and intend that your body will show you something. It might even be like an itchy arm or something, but look for sensations. We learn to listen by practicing listening. So when we learn to listen to the body, we need to practice listening to the body as sensations, symptoms, emotions, for sure. When we do that and we ask for a yes, you, you'll start to get the feeling of like, yes. And we can say truth as well. So show me truth as a yes, like, sh- like my name is Haley. Well, I feel that as a yes. And if I say, take me back to neutral and then my name is George, you know, it's not true. It doesn't feel like a truth in the body. So that's a good way to start. You can stand up and say, show me my yesterday, look for your sensation and symptoms, and then take me back to neutral. Just wait like a gray space and then show me my no today. And your body will show you over time if you practice that, it will. Most people lean backwards for no and lean forwards for yes, but not everyone. And it can change. So we want to ask that daily. And then we can use the mind as well. We can quiet the mind and then we can say, mind, show me water, neutral water. 
and you can imagine like a gray kind of feeling with the neutral water and you can say show me truth and see what the water does and for most people truth is very still and it's very calm it's like obviously this is true you know grass grows green truth when you then go back to neutral and you say show me not true you can usually see a choppy water or something in your mind or you can feel the feeling of not true at least in the body so you see we can use different ways to create like a difference and we need to be experiencing it though we need to either see or feel to understand right what are yes and no contrast right it's creating Mm -hmm. a contrast and then practicing it enough that you're able to become aware of that exactly and that's actually even what I would say in terms of listening to soul is it this all all of this starts with awareness and a little bit of courage to go inward because there is trauma and there is pain there for everyone usually. And if you're not used to going inward, it will come up. But when we have a little bit of courage and we know that we're not going to be taken out by it and we're going to survive it, we're going to feel some things and that might not feel fun, but nothing bad is going to happen by feeling them. We can start to journey. And then the more awareness, curiosity, and openness we have, the more we make space to let our soul talk to us right? And to understand how it feels to hear a deeper wisdom versus just the mind chatter, right? Yeah, yeah. There's so much there I want to talk about um, just around like emotions and allowing ourselves the space to feel things. And, you know, I think that's why, well, I mean, you know, this, it's, it's why we have addiction and why we like so many people are afraid or, you know, not even consciously aware of being afraid of doing this work. Right. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, we've pathologized pain to such an extent in our culture that it's like anything that's uncomfortable, we just find a way to either numb ourselves or avoid it, or, you know, take an Advil or (laughs) or whatever, like, you know, just avoid it. But it's really when we have the courage to sit with those uncomfortable emotions and, um, uncomfortable experiences really like that's it's on the other side of that that's where we find the gold and where we find the healing yeah um I wanted to also touch on this idea like before I have an, obviously more questions I want to ask you but um before we move on I think it's really important like as we talk about yes and no and this idea of discernment and like really learning to listen to soul and people you know becoming I guess, more acquainted with their soul's voice and their intuition, you know, it's, it's just so important. I feel like, especially now with everything going on in the world that people learn discernment and they learn to, you know, think critically and to go inward for the answers Mm -hmm. instead of just blindly following or being told what to think. Yeah. So this practice like that you just shared of like, just simply, you know, showing up daily in, if you have like a spiritual practice where you're meditating or just even being quiet and still and listening, which is all meditation is right. Mm-hmm. It's just being still and listening and yeah, going into the body and asking to be shown the yes and the no. I just feel like that's so important right now. Don't you? I do. I feel like it's the next piece that people really want as well, you know, and like every people have this sense and mind body medicine took us really far where we finally realized like, okay, there's more than just medicine and just body stuff. And there's more than just therapy too. And the interplay is really important. So mind body medicine helped piece together things and people went farther in healing. They really did compared Mm -hmm. to before, but then we also need to bring soul in if we want to go the farthest. And the, the way to start that is like what you just said, we have to, we actually have to untangle soul meaning our energetic structure, like we're, if we're an energy structure in a physical structure and they interplay, 
but that's not religion and spirituality. Yeah. Can you repeat that? Like what you just said? Yeah. In the structure. Yeah. We're an energetic structure, right? We're soul, we're energy. That's why when people die, you know, that they've left, right? Mm -hmm. The body can be on machines, but everybody can see, right. That the soul is gone. Anyone who's experienced and been with somebody who passes, you can tell they're like not there, even though the machines might be keeping them breathing that energy, you know, people don't want to talk about the energy and they don't want anything other than research and stuff, but people know it <laughs> and like the deep wisdom. It blows my mind. It's like the energy that animates our, you know, this body, this avatar that we inhabit during this lifetime. Like, you know, yeah. why is it that we have such a hard time talking about that energy? Is it, do you yeah. think because of the baggage surrounding religion? I think, I think there's a lot there for sure. I mean, I think if you go back beyond way, way before like Egypt times and other times, you know, the soul was quite welcome, the discussion and the understanding of it and the interplay and everything was, was welcomed. Like it was, it was, there was so much less of a shutdown around it. Um, There's so much to talk about there with intuition and women and all kinds of things. But, but at this moment in time, I believe that like, if we can set, if we can start to just separate soul from religion, it'll help people a lot to understand, Hey, it's okay to like, you know, understand that you're an energy being in a physical body and it's okay to separate that from religion. And it doesn't mean anything about anything. It just means that you're starting to listen to you and your wisdom and people are ready for that. They're like, okay, I can get on board with that. But I think if we can start to untangle how religion has done or not done certain things to people and all the things, and we can put that down and just allow people to be free to have their beliefs and be in whatever place they are with whatever religion, then we can sort of just address healing with the soul involved. And that's what soul strong is. You know, it's non-denominational. It's not, it's just about soul. It's about wisdom and everybody's own empowered wisdom to know themselves. And that authentic self that they're looking for, which people are looking to understand themselves better and know their purpose and their passion and their life. Okay, now we can talk about how that all goes together with healing, which is what I'm interested in. And, you know, people often ask me about religion or they have, they even have things around meditation and if it's prayer and it's all needs to be put down, at least for now, (laughs) like so that everyone can be free to have their beliefs because that's important for them. And the connectivity that they're experiencing through religion and through different spirituality, you know, aspects is beautiful. They're feeling connection. All souls, like, you know, I say are looking for connection and growth. So that's fine. It's not either or, and intuition isn't either or it's just that happened in the past where it was either you were intuitive or you were religious. Well, we're all intuitive. It just means we're all able to listen to ourselves and we can also all be religious or we can not be religious or whatever that means to people. That is so important right now because we're on the, we're on this very edge right now of, of seeing, okay, wait a second, cancer remission and everything that people have spirituality when they like the ones who are, who are having miracles and remissions. What does that mean? Like, and so they're just, people are just on this edge of like, oh, is it okay to finally talk about this? Yes, it's okay. But we need to have that like detangle. We need to untangle some stuff and put it down to be able to talk about it and bring it in. Right. Yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, I just think even about like my own journey and so much of the way that I perceived spirituality was wrapped up in the church mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to speak ill about the church, yeah. or anything mm-hmm. like that, but like, if anyone knows anything of my story, you know, <laughs> I, I left the church after becoming a pastor, <laughs> you yeah. know, like I went masters of theology, all of this. And the irony of it is, is then I ended up leaving 
and it's not that I think anything, you know, bad about that. Like, you know, I, it was wonderful. I enjoyed the community, all of those things. It's just, I needed to expand beyond that paradigm and for my own healing and my understanding of medicine and all of these things. And I really do see them as separate, you know, and I think you're right. There's a lot of baggage that needs to be shed in the collective, you know, because of the trauma or because of difference of opinions and divisiveness and all these things just move beyond that to just Mm -hmm. see soul and this beautiful energy that animates every single one of us on this planet. That's Um, right. And see that as like this healing, this divine healing force, you know, within us all (laughs) Uh, and separate that from religion. Like, can you imagine the freedom? Exactly. And this is, I think this is what happened is humans want access to understand soul and know their soul and listen to soul's desires. It goes on and on what they're looking for. And the, at, at a lot of points in time, different religions have, and maybe still are the only way that they think they can access that. And so we we need to like there's something that's coming where people can have religion and have if they like the constructs and the stories and the things that are helpful there and the connectivity and the community and everything else right and and we need people to understand they don't have to find a religion to understand their soul to touch into their soul to know their wisdom it's just they've gone together in the past right or against or whatever all the nonsense is I I wish so much like part of the thing I hope to see in my lifetime is that there's like a new kind of freedom for people to like be in the religion that they want to be in and have the beliefs that they have and deeply know soul and feel like it isn't mandatory that they find a religion to understand their soul they could but it's like something that could happen for people is that like we are allowed to understand our body study it learn it get help for it without having like a I don't know a school of thought in kinesiology or like one particular gym we're with like same for soul (laughs) like could we just allow and teach it and like let it be free of religion would be beautiful because then people can just have more freedom and also people who don't who have baggage or who are afraid of different things or things have happened with religion that they don't need any of those they don't need a religion either to know themselves well and that's that would be beautiful for me I think it would be wonderful you know Exactly. So for those who find it meaningful and, you know, find solace and community and all of these wonderful things within Mm. their particular church or religion, amazing. They can Mm. have that. And, and, but it's not needed necessarily to know the soul. Yeah. And to be, and to be connected to your own soul. Like I'm, that's what I focus on with people is their own connection, especially from body to soul. Right. Yeah. So how has listening to your soul led you to greater healing and purpose and fulfillment? Like, yeah, I think it's everything. I mean, it's everything for me. Like I, I don't think, um, yeah, I, I think for me it was, it, it has been the journey like period is learning as much as I can about soul to help other people know their souls. Um, there have been like big life changes and big decisions that have been all soul led which are terrifying because mental mind hates that, right? Like mental mind is like, no, 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 no. Like we're the one, we're the ones here assessing the world and the finances and your money and your security and your life. And you cannot do this this way. Um, It'll be so detrimental or people will react a certain way or whatever else, all of the fears come up. Um, And yet, like for me, I just haven't been able not to follow soul. Maybe that's the gift is the longer you listen, the more, the more you get taken 
in the right direction because you kind of can't help it. Um, but huge decisions, all of the big milestones, like you could call them truth milestones and things that I've needed to, yeah, to walk out of closets and walk into different new spaces and jump off of cliffs and things have been terrifying. They really have been. And there's been a lot of uncertainty in my mind. And, um, but it's also been exactly the way for me to have all the gifts and all the freedom and all the internal, like, yes, there are things that come to you in life, material things and other things. I think when you follow, follow soul, but there's also an internal feeling that's like things are okay and things are right. And I, because I grew up and had an eating disorder and went through a lot of trauma, I'm very like, have had too much time, I would say with the discomfortable experience in a body, right? Like being highly uncomfortable in my skin is how I lived the first 16 years of my life with mm -hmm. pains and traumas and then eating disorder stuff. And so the gift for me of listening has also been like a sense of like way deeper, just comfort in the body. And, you know, people talk about being in the moment. I, I work on that all the time, not projecting forward to what you're doing and what you're going to do and what the money is, but also not going backwards into all the things that could have happened or should have happened or regrets. Mm -hmm. Like being really truly here is difficult. It's difficult for me. And I spend a lot of time in meditation and do a lot of soul work, but arriving in the moment is also where so much freedom is internally sensory, like feeling freedom, right? Like actual sensation yeah. of freedom and bliss and that's where I'm at now too, where I see soul has led me through life decisions. Yes. But it's also given me the more I listen, the more I'm arriving in my experience. And then the more I'm like enthralled with the world, we call it wonder child, right? Just like loving the experience of being in a body, you know, and experiencing life. And I didn't have that before. So that's a huge gift because we're here for a long time, right? So we want to be comfortable. We want to be like, enjoying life we want to be settled and feel inner peace and freedom and all that stuff right and that's to me a huge gift amazing yeah um i have a quick question before i change the subject a little bit yeah. and it's around this idea of learning to trust your soul you know mm -hmm. just kind of furthering this idea of like discernment and listening to our soul to help us help it help sorry listening to our souls so that we can you know be led uh, on this path towards fulfillment and alignment and all these things. Um, you know, I remember for me, especially towards the beginning of my journey, I just had such a hard time learning to trust, mm -hmm. you know, because mental mind can really get in there and, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you know, and, and make it difficult sometimes. And, and I know for those that I work with, it's always learning to trust. And so, you know, I always tell them it's just, it takes time, you know, it's like with any relationship you have, like the trust develops over time, but I'm curious if you have any words of wisdom around that. Um, yeah. Just learning to trust. Yeah. Learning to trust. It does. It has this mental mind quality of like, oh, soul says I should quit being a doctor, but I'll, how will I make income? What will people think if I, if I start working in the soul realm or right. Mental mind freaks out about all the things like everything from being connected, being accepted, shame to finances, all the things, because we're designed as we grow to like, make sure that we're going to be safe and survive. And so it's not the easiest process at the beginning when mental mind freaks out. Um, and it's not even a, but it's that, and as we work with that, there's, there's healing and there's things that go on with that as well, because when we see how we've been programmed accidentally or on purpose, by anybody or ourselves, 
we start to understand, oh, this is maybe why I operate this way. Maybe this is why I drink. Maybe this is why I shop all the time. Maybe this is why I'm always uncomfortable in my skin. Maybe this is why I was binge eating or had anorexia or whatever. We start to understand, okay, the programming, right? And we start to want to work through that layer of things. When we do any of that, any of those steps, it's to me, it's kind of like building a, like an energetic rapport between like our system, including mental mind and the parts that freak out and our soul that's like totally chill and just wants to learn and grow and knows exactly the path. And as we build that rapport by trusting and listening and working through the freakouts and stuff, we're building strength. It's like building a muscle. And, at, and the more we trust and the more we build the rapport, the more we actually start to see that the things we're looking for, which might actually be love and a partner and whatever else, it could be a Porsche, it could be anything, but that things we're looking for, they're right there right? And they're attainable, accessible. And when they're aligned for us, we start to receive them or attain them. And that's where it starts to be like, okay, fine. I guess I can trust. And people call it gifts, right? You trust people talk about it like that. Like you trust in intuition, gifts come from the sky, right? Like you trust yourself, you trust your soul and the gifts come. It's kind of, it's kind of like that, but it isn't really that they're coming from the sky. They're all around us. We just can't see them. But when we start to listen and trust, we start to see the direction and the path to the thing we want or the feeling we're looking for or whatever is right there. And so it's just accessing what we want. So if we, if I summed it up to help, to help like people understand why is it worth it? Like, who cares? Why is it worth meditating? Why is it worth touching into your soul or understanding how your soul is talking yeah, to you? Why should we care about soul? <laughs> yeah. Because everything you want, like, even if it's a, like I said, a Porsche or the boyfriend or the thing, it's all hinging and the freedom people want, they were looking for feelings. They're looking to feel good, feel better, feel healthy, feel comfortable in their body. But the things that they're looking for are right there when we listen to soul because soul knows the path. So we have, if we want to go there and we want to trust that, that then we need to trust if we want to go there essentially. So when we just start with baby steps and we start listening and you're yes and you're no, and is this apple right for me? Do I want to follow this thing? Do I want to say yes to going out with this person or do I not? Just when we start trusting with the yes and no, we get the gifts. The gifts start coming like, oh, that's really interesting. I then became aware of this because I didn't choose that. I chose this and that showed me this. And we start to like roll on the path that's best for us. That's the freedom. And those are the gifts and the gifts come from there. So it's, it's always worth it. Even when soul takes us through difficult things, and I've been through many difficult things, mm-hmm. trusting is always important. It might be difficult and it doesn't feel like joy and bliss all the time. It's not the point, but what it leads us to is what we want. It does. Yeah. And the ones that I see through this the longest, myself included, you know, if you had written down, if I had written down 30 years ago, like at a young age, like age 10 or something, you know, what I want or what I want to feel or how I want to feel different that I'm there now, like a lot of what I've been looking for to create and manifest and do I'm there, but getting there wasn't what I thought it would be. It wasn't just becoming a doctor and working really hard and having money and a partner, like a husband, kids. It was different from that. It was lots of cliff jumps and other things. And I would not be there yet. I'm sure I'd still be uncomfortable in my skin and doing a lot of things that we're trying to cope and palliate with that with stuff. If I hadn't listened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, can you speak to this idea that the soul is the missing piece in the healing paradigm um, and how, you know, that needs to change in order for us to move forward and access deeper healing? 
Yeah, good examples like that. There's a documentary called Heal. Yes, um, yes. it's worth it's worth a watch. It's like it's on Netflix it, and on Apple mm-hmm. and yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Yep, and it just sort of takes people through like okay, when people heal, what are the characteristics, right? And the researcher lists out after all this research and all the time spent characteristics of healing, and like two of them are physical. <laughs> well, this is like the yeah. work of is it Kelly Turner? Remember, yeah. and yeah. it's like nine things. I forget what's yeah. the. She wrote a whole book about it. Yeah, but it I haven't. Like, it I was haven't ra- radical it. remission. That's what it's called. Exactly. Radical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was all. It was like her PhD, right? Yeah. That she did and went through it and like interviewed thousands of people who had had, who had recovered from cancer, who had had these remissions. Right. And it, they're not the nine common characteristics that they had all had. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. two of them are like physical, like they had medicine and help, you know, and they had maybe supplements, they changed their diet. Yeah. You know, yeah. Things like that. But yeah, like out of the nine, it was like what, two or three that were. Yeah. Yep. And then all the rest are mind, body, medicine, and spirituality, you know, like connecting to soul and these practices and these healings and things. And, um, and then it's not that much of a mystery when you start looking at it, the more people are doing actual research and showing different characteristics and categorizing things and stuff. And to an extent, like, yes, we want to see research and we want to see things come forward in that way. Cause that is where a lot of the population want to see stuff to understand it before they're, yeah, we know, need that. there's a lot of so many people who need that evidence-based. Totally. Yeah. But you know what it's like as a practitioner too, it's, it's for me after 10 years of practice and seeing clients, so many clients, cause I ran my own clinic. I needed to see a lot of people to make it work seeing clients like 10 clients a day, six days a week and all the things you just start to see that the clients who are the most tuned in to their deep wisdom and who are empowered to make decisions from that place, not from mental mind and not from what other people say and not from what the doctor tells them to do literally go the farthest every time. No question. That's what actually started to sort of like bother me in a good way in a like, okay, hang on. Like we're like, like if I want my clients to go farther and heal better and have better results and get what they're looking for. So they don't need me anymore, you know, feel better. That's and, the thing is we don't want them to need us. We want no, we them don't. to like, that's you know. right. That's a good practitioner, right? Who's like yeah. getting them going to the point they want to get to. If we want to be really good practitioners, we need to equip our clients and our patients with tools that they can go inward and know their own answers. So that when you say there's this and there's this option, you know, they know, okay, I want to try this one. This feels better to me amazing. That patient is going to get more out of that for many reasons. One, because they they intend that two, because they believe it three, because they tuned in right. And their, their intuition told them that's what we want though. All those things we want all of that. And it's the same with, for, for a therapist. I mentor lots of professionals to learn this and teach their clients. This therapists too, they get to a point where they've worked through the trauma and the acute stuff. And then their clients are like, well, what next? Well, we can empower them, you know, in therapy, to know their intuition and to start to make decisions in life with boundaries and humans and interactions and relationships that are better. And we can teach them more about what the emotions are telling them from the soul level. We can teach them so much stuff. All of those are missing pieces. Like who's teaching that anywhere? You know, naturopathic doctors aren't getting it. We we didn't get a lot of that. Therapists aren't getting it. And then the practitioners that know intuition often aren't equipped with body knowledge and all the wisdom. So there are missing pieces all over the place. And if you sum it up, it's mind, body, soul medicine that we need. So we need an infusion of soul into these paradigms 
but they need to be taught together because of what you and I just talked about is that the soul and the body interface. So we can't teach soul without teaching body. And we really need for the people who understand the body to start to understand that intuition is part of how people heal. So it's like right at the edge of where people need to bring this in. And yet it's not really comfortable yet. So it's still being, it's still coming forward, but it is coming for sure. Yeah, I really like, I think we're on the brink of a revolution actually with it because I know, and I'm sure you had, like, we went to different schools. Yeah. You went out West, right? To Boucher. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. went to CCNM in Toronto, the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. And I, nothing against the school. I mean, it was, it was great. I, I loved my education. However, there was a gaping hole. And I remember when I had my healing experience and like went in search of, you know, I was supposed to go to conventional, into conventional medicine. And then I had this like crazy experience, which completely changed the trajectory of my life and career because I was like, there's something here with spirituality and health. And that's why that happened to me. Literally, I I really believe that that's why that happened to me at that time, why I had that healing, because it was like, you know, like soul reaches in and literally just takes the wheel and Mm -hmm. like, this way. it's like, no, 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 we're going here. And, you know, and then, and then I went and did a master's in theology because I was just so, I needed to know about soul. I needed to know about God. I needed to know about all of this. And then I went looking, I was like, how can I bring spirituality into medicine? And there was nothing. The closest to it was naturopathic medicine. Mm-hmm. And, and then I got to school and I remember, you know, there were a few professors who were totally down with that and like talked about it, but overall it was left out of our curriculum because of this need to be quote unquote taken seriously as an evidence, Mm -hmm. you know, curriculum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and also, you know, I don't know about you, but I feel like um, in Canada anyways, like naturopathic medicine kind of feels like the younger brother that's not taken seriously (laughs) next to like conventional medicine. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're like, you know, like, well, we can be, you know, we can be evidence-based and blah, blah, blah. Like we won't talk about the woo-woo. We won't talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. like the soul. We won't talk about these things in order to quote unquote, be taken seriously, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is pisses me off on so many levels because, and it does a disservice, you know, to our patients and to those who are learning in school. And I just remember I had to go in search of this, of this, and I had to find the mentors and I had to like go after it. And, and thank God, you know, like it was, it was, I found it and I found my tribe. I found my people, but I felt like a misfit and I'm sure at times have maybe as well where, you know, yes, we can read lab results. And yes, we can do the functional medicine bit and we can do all these things. But at the end of the day, it's about the energy that's animating the whole system. Mm-hmm. And that is why soul is so important. And I agree with you. I think we're on, you know, this brink of a revolution with that. And, um, you know, just with quantum physics and like all of these amazing, like psychoneuroimmunology and like these mm-hmm. fields of, of science and medicine colliding. So yeah, yeah it's, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it'll come. I think it's coming. You know, it's coming forward where people it it should be. And this is what I I created with Soul Strong as as much as I could. I took, I broke it down into as as tangible steps as possible with mind body medicine and steps from one thing to the next and meditations that lead people through it so that it could be highly highly structured and teachable so yes. that 
you know, people, so it's not just crown chakra and all the magic. It's actually real. Like first we're going to just sit and we're going to listen to this track. And then we're going to think about our emotions and do a little work on that and moving right through, through thought processes and conscious mind and subconscious mind and all the way into all these steps where we can start to really listen and understand it's, it's, it's more tangible and stepwise than people think it is. But I think that's part of the issue is there haven't been enough people that could break it down and learn to teach it so that other fields of schooling like therapy and naturopathic doctors and other places could teach it to their people or say this is how you could teach your clients yeah some empowerment because there's been nobody teaching it to the teachers to teach it to the people who can use it with their clients so it needs to come forward and that's what soul strong is there for too right is to teach it to practitioners and to people who want to teach others how to be intuitive and that's the idea and that's actually the gift that like I think of all the things I went through and all the trainings that I did was to find a way to piece it together in a super stepwise way from kindergarten. So someone who's never meditated and doesn't listen to emotions to just be able to sit quietly, have a meditation practice that's very gentle and be able to listen to their intuition. Mm -hmm. And that's the way first, right? Is just people need to just tune in to their wisdom. And if we can get them to do that, we're, we're, we're going, we're on the track, right? we're on the right way or yeah. going the right way. Can you please talk about life and what is so special, Haley? Yeah, life, yeah. <laughs> I love this topic so much yeah. because it comes up, right? And I, my own experience in life, not of no fault yeah. of anybody's, not my parents, nobody's was just deep discomfort. I, I used to feel like when people passed, I was jealous literally. And I never became suicidal like I wanted to actively get out of here because I had, I had knew I had work to do and things to experience, but I really didn't love the feeling literally of just being in a body and how impossible that is to describe without, you know, so many years of figuring that out. It was impossible. I just felt that I was too big. Actually, the closest thing I could think of was I was too fat. I must've been too big, you know, and I can remember feeling like I was huge and uncomfortable is what you could Mm -hmm. sum it up as. And that did feed into eating disorder and things. And a lot of girls that I work with and women, uh, because I work with women mainly with disordered eating, have that. They have deep discomfort in their skin and they don't really want to be in life. And it's not, it often is because they're a really huge energetic being and they're not super comfortable necessarily in the experience of being in a body in certain ways. And so that, that can be healed. It can be, and it can come from many lives ago, but life is something that I, I really did take for granted in some ways. Like, I think I, I just was kind of like, okay, I'm going to do the things and teach the things. And then I'm going to get out of here. And I have two babies. I have two little ones. And when they were born, I thought, okay, this is going to fix it. This is going to be great. Cause I'm <laughs> going to want to be here now. <laughs> and it did help. I like would never go anywhere because they need me. And I love life with them a lot. Um, but I still had it a little bit. I did until, um, actually until an experience with love and something really transcendent with another human, like showed up at my doorstep. And there's been times where, you know, I've expected something to change that feeling or to make it seem like I understood finally life, like, why are we here? And it wasn't in a huge existential way of like, there's no point or life is the Buddhist, like life is just suffering. We need to let go of everything. I actually, you know, have a lot of Buddhist teachings and the practices and studied a Tibetan lineage that I love so much and bring a lot of that into soul strong. And people do need that. It's a mind, it's working with the mind and learning the body and it's beautiful. 
And yet there's a step farther than that that's really needed for people, I believe, that's past the letting go and the sort of apathy that sometimes Buddhism and other things bring. It's like this weird feeling of like, there's no point, it's all suffering, just sit and be in the moment. That's not enough. It's not enough. Like I now know, and this is very recent for me, that part of my journey was, yes, it was to teach and it was to learn and everything else, but it was, it's also now I understand because now I want to be here fully and be in life. Mm. And I'm like intoxicated with life finally fully where I'm like, look at the sky and look at the trees. And like the experience is so rich now for me. It's like someone turned on all the lights and all the colors and all the things I was looking for. And I'm comfortable in my body and I don't want to go anywhere. And I didn't force that. It came with a few experiences, but life is so special. And we're here. Like, I understand the soul realm too, because I do soul journey work and take people home to this, to the yeah. spirit realm. Yeah. And like, I can tell you in my, can dad, I clarify, not yeah. take people home as in helping them like pass over, but like no. taking people home to find, yes. <laughs> Just to so like connect with their beings. Yeah. And understand their purpose and their soul's journey and their soul's yeah. desires and things and do some soul healing, like heal on the energy level. Right. And that work is so beautiful and so powerful. And I understand that realm from an experiential place and taking people there and myself going there. And I know I can tell people a hundred percent, we are, we are more able to transform and grow in a body in this place on the earth. than we are at home. Like once we pass, we don't have the same opportunity to grow. And it's because the experience, which is sensory, it's feeling the experience, which can be uncomfortable too, but that's where the growth is. And that's what the soul actually wants. It's a gift to be here. It's not jail. And it's not just something to get through. Like I really felt like it was kind of jail and I wanted to get out of here and get through it and do the things and be done. Now I understand every moment here is so special and so sacred. And the sensory is everything. Feeling all the things that we have to feel here, all the emotions, even the ones that are quote unquote negative or whatever. There is so much richness there. It, it's like something that it's past the Buddhist thing of letting go of everything. It's actually being okay with just looking at, at how do you feel passion? Where do you feel passion? And how do you feel ignited? And how can we re fall in love with the trees and the world and the colors and everything? That's what life is about. And when we get to this point, I can tell you, because I've recently arrived here, it's so beautiful how much comes together and how the body changes and how the body heals and how you can hear soul even more and things start to shift. And I think it has something to do with we we're here for a reason. We have a lot of learning to do, but it's also such a gift and it's so sacred to be here in life. And when you start to see it that way and take that in, it starts to shift how your experience is. So I like people, once we work through again, like bigger things and I work in mentoring and we get intuition going and we start to learn alignment and manifestation and stuff. At some point, it's also time to just get lit and passionate and enjoy <laughs> life, right? Like yeah. it's not just about the work. Like what's your passion and your mission? Maybe your mission and your passion is to deeply experience love, passion, and be super lit up here. Maybe that's what your soul wants more than being a healer, more than making all the money. Maybe it's to just like enjoy every moment and be in the richness of the sensory experience. Maybe, right? Oh, so yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot there that also hasn't been taught. It's like another missing piece on the soul level of like, yes, we need to let go of everything for a while and it's really good to let go, but then we need to also get so much passion because that's what we're here for. It's like to experience and That's not in a gripping way. It's not in an addiction way of passion. It's in a truly purely in the moment. This is such a great place to be way. Right. And that's, that needs yeah. to come through. 
it's different than like, as I'm listening to you describe it, it's like so different. It's not like a hedonistic, like, I just want to have all the things or feel all the things. It's like, no, no it's like, so it's, it's not even close. It's, it's literally like, I almost see it. Like when you said, it's like a switch gets flipped and then all of a sudden it's like your nerve endings and all your cells. It's like, you're just really taking it all in. Yeah. It's like drinking in life, you know, drinking and the Egyptians life. knew that that's the ankh symbol, you know, and like how really? sacred life was. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought that's what it means. It means drinking in life. Well, it mean that's their symbol for life. Oh, right? it means yes. But okay. the but the way that I like to get people to start thinking about life is not just to create, manifest, and have more things or heal stuff or do their job. It's just about satisfying the needs of the ego, right? Unmet needs. Of yeah, the you got it exactly. And so if we can put that down, so you can understand why Buddhism works because people need a lot of that first. They can't. They, they can't go from that there down. At, Right. We can't just jump from where we're at to like enjoying all the sensory because we're often doing it to fix something that we don't want to feel. But when we do this the right way at some point also, like, and I can see it in people when they get to the higher levels and they're ready for it. It's time to just like find those places where soul's desires are actually also to experience love and connection and passion and in life, like all of it. That's such a beautiful spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That to me is more like enlightenment or if there was a goal to be had, it would be that it would just be arriving in the now and being intoxicated by all the sensory, right? Like it's so beautiful and it is, there are some negative things and there's some things to feel and there are pains and physical pains and other things, but there's so much richness in life that we aren't always focusing on. We're always focusing on the letting go and the healing and stuff. So there's a piece there. I think that's so beautiful and it's a little later in the journey, but it needs to come through as well. I love that. It's yeah. Oh, I feel like we could just talk all day, Kaylee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can. Yeah. No, it's we so can. good. So good. Well, I'm definitely want to have you back again for a part two I, and we'll continue the conversation because I'm sure, well, I know that there's so much more to talk about for those listening who want to connect with you and possibly work with you where can they find you? Yeah, doctor, my website is best. Actually, I don't use social media a ton. So just, just www.drhaley. So D-R-H-A-I-L-E dot C-A. Uh, and I will, I'll connect that. I'll put the yeah. link in the show notes. Best way to find me. And there are links to book an intro session and have a chat with me there. Um, there's a little bit of a wait, like I'm booking three or four months in advance, but I am there. And so I, I do private mentoring for the most part right now, and then some retreats and some teaching, but yeah, I'm happy to happy to meet anyone who's ready for a journey, you know? I love it. Yeah. Well, I think you're amazing. And I'm so grateful for, you know, just the role that you've played mm-hmm. thus far in my life and, you know, in the journeying that we've done together and yeah and just look forward to so much more together as friends. And so thank you for this day. It It was so lovely. Thanks for listening to the nest podcast. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Mariska Taylor ND, as well as visit my website at drmariskataylor.com. And if you like this episode, please rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you again next time.